someone turns around to open their mealy mouth to ask you when you're having kids, I'm just trying to make sure that my coochie don't fall off. Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast that gives you news you can trust for the culture. I'm your co-host, Shauna Fenix, Social Media Director at The Grio. And I'm your co-host, Jerry Keith Gaynor, Managing Editor at The Grio. And this week we're asking, Dear Culture, are you tired of people asking you why you don't have children? Child, there's going to be a fun conversation, G. But before we get into the show, I mean, we both have pretty much the same thing on our mind this week, but I'm going to let you intro it. If you were watching President Joe Biden's address to Joint Congress last week, you know that it was followed up with a rebuttal address from Senator Tim Scott, who is the only Black Republican in the Senate. And in his speech, he said that America is not a racist country. And he accused Democrats of using the past to peddle lies about where America is right now. Obviously, that was followed up with a lot of vitriol from Black Twitter. They called him Uncle Tom. Some people remixed it and called him Uncle Tim. I can talk all day about Tim Scott. But what really surprised me, in some ways didn't surprise me, was the reaction from our President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, who in subsequent uh, interviews when asked about Tim Scott's comments, they agreed and said that America is not a racist country. Now, if you are Black in America, if you are Asian American in America, if you are uh, of any ethnic racial background in America, you know that- Native Americans. And especially the Native Americans, then you know especially that America is very much racist. And for me, like I have some friends who don't follow politics who are very outraged by um, Biden and Harris essentially co-signing Tim Scott's comments. But on one hand, I understand politics. We all know that they are speaking to not just Black America, they are speaking to America. Now, I want to at least give them credit for qualifying it a bit by saying that America might not be racist in their opinion, that systematic racism is real and that we should address that. But the problem is that when you, you, when you don't call a thing a thing, it allows people to deny the reality of racism. We've now had a whole year of COVID-19 and seeing the, the dis, dis, disproportionate impact of the, the pandemic on Black America, on Latinos, and we, we're seeing Asian Americans and Black Americans being literally beaten and brutalized by police, by everyday citizens. I, from my vantage point, racism is everywhere we turn. And so it was a bit disappointing to hear that from Biden and Harris, and I just wish that they as leaders of the country, as leaders of the Democratic Party, that they would uh, stand firm and not care about uh, upsetting uh, uh, a certain segment of the electorate and, and, and worrying about future elections, that they would just call a thing a thing. Tim Scott, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Uh, and you know, I, I love those last two. The first one can kick rocks, but I love those last two. All of y'all are full of shit. And I'm real sick and tired of having to placate to sensitive ass white people and their fragile little white field fifis. I don't care to sit there and have white women up in, 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 in community meetings talking about just because I don't want my children taught critical race theory does not make me a racist. Damn it. Yes, it does actually. So you don't even want your children, much less you, 
but your children, the, the youth, this next generation to come up and, and understand critical race theory is not a, oh, all white people are bad type of, of, of conversation. It's not that at all. It is a, an educated and, and deliberate approach to understanding how race has played a role in, in when it comes to systemic racism, how race plays a role, how class plays a role, how all of the how all of these things have created all of these really effed up social constructs. Now, unfortunately for white people, y'all just be the ones who happen to be perpetuating a lot of the BS. That's not on us. That sounds like a you problem. And you know what could possibly alleviate so that you don't have your, your white guilt and your white fragility and your white feelings? Call a thing a thing and talk about this shit. That's it. And educate yourselves on it. We updated a story this week about um, a, a young man, a, well, young man, a 56-year-old man by the name of Bobby, Bobby Paul Edwards, who is currently serving a 10-year prison sentence for the forced labor <laughs> that he subjected a mentally disabled black man, a 43 year old man by the name of John Christopher, John Christopher Smith. And this is all happening in Tim Scott, South Carolina. Um, and he was subjecting this man for, he, first off, I believe John Christopher Smith had been with the restaurant for about 31 years, reportedly since he was about 12 years old. And again, mentally, he is not of, you know, a hundred percent sound mind and body and this white man took over and took advantage of this man of this of this black man first off you were calling him racial slurs every day you subjected him to really disgusting living conditions really hot like you're sitting here and forcing this man to work how many there are 24 hours in a day and he's working oh like 18 19 20 hours what? With no, with no compensation? Excuse me? To the point where a judge has, a judge ordered that the restaurant manager is now being forced to pay more than $546,000 in restitution because he was putting this employee to work for more than 100 hours a week with no pay. Pretty much enslavement. The idea that you, anyone can sit up there and be like, oh, case in point, Lin was it Lindsey Graham? I believe it was Lindsey Graham who was over here talking about, oh, America's not a racist country because we got, uh, we had a black president who was elected twice and we got a black vice president. N See, I was about to say a word. When there is an influx of white people actively working to be anti-racist, maybe, maybe possibly perhaps then I can say we're on the path to being a not so racist country. But until then, kick rocks. You're full of, you're full, you're full of, you're full of crap. You're full of, you're full of it. You're full of it. A lot of it. So let's get into the show this week. Uh, during the month of May is when many of us honor our beloved mamas. And with Mother's Day approaching on May 9th, we're giving our mothers and mother figures, let's acknowledge that, their flowers. But I can speak uh, as a as a 34-year-old uh, young, young woman whose womb has not yet been... <laughs> 
occupied in any way. Uh, but it's also a time where motherhood is a topic of contention for those of us who are childless. So often black women of a certain age are met with questions about why they don't have children yet or when do they plan to have children? Let's be clear. Some of us choose to delay motherhood. Some of us choose not to embark on the motherhood journey at all, and that's okay too. Whether the reason is rooted in making sure you have stability, an issue related to health, or you just don't feel like it, our uteruses, eh, uteri, I don't know, all that down there womb-wise is our business. This week, we want to change the conversation about why some women are childless. And later on in the show, we'll be joined by poet and sexual health activist Ebony Stewart, who will share her take. So let's get into it. So Shauna, I think I have to address the elephant in the room. I am not a woman, I'm, I have male privilege. And so I don't often have to deal with what women like you and women uh, across the country and probably around the world are often asked the, the question, when are you going to have children? Um, I think about the, when, when contraception be, uh, became available for women and they can choose uh, within the household when to have children. And that was very controversial. Um, and even though women still face uh, many uh, adversities when it comes to pay equity, to getting promotions at work, uh, they have to worry about facing violence, uh, whether in the home or outside the home. Um, they have, you, women have been able to make a decision about when they want to have children or if they want to have children. But I have to ask you, Shauna, as a woman, you know, what are your thoughts about that question? And do you find it rude when people ask you uh, or any woman when or if they're going to have children? I find it incredibly rude. Um... And the crazy part is because, you know, I, my family is Caribbean, right? So especially the Jamaican side, be all up in my damn, uh, all in the uterus, fallopian tubes, the womb, all of it, just in it. Uh, my grandmother is notorious for this. Funny enough, she hasn't said it in like the last year. So I'm, <laughs> my, my theory is that she's, she's given up. She's just like, I, hell, I don't know if I'll ever see uh, <laughs> a grandchild from Shauna before I die. That's what, that's usually her line. She's like, I just hope it happens before I kick the bucket. You're like, all right, Pearl, please mind your business. Please mind your business. Um, I've had uncles, if like, you know, going back and visiting Jamaica, I've had uncles and friends uh, hitting me with the, you know, when y'all go breed like if i'm a freaking horse or a dog or something i'm like i'm not i'm not we'll see what happens we'll see what happens when it happens if it happens maybe after i hit like 28 is when the questions started to come a little more frequently um and then it it kind of shifted from a well when are you getting married to well, when are you gonna have a baby? Which is now where my grandmother has been at, as of late. She she's given up on on me getting married. She's 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 over that. She's like, you might not find nobody. Just find a nice enough person to have a baby with. <laughs> That's kind of where she is right now. It's annoying, um, but it's also very interesting because I know for me the reason why I do not have children um, is very like it it. It's a, a, an idea of one, um, there have been very few people, uh, and I know I'll probably get some text messages about this, but there have been very few people I've dated who I would even ever consider having children with. I've had one real pregnancy scare. 
And for me, that was my wake up call of, you know, you need to leave this man because all I could think of was, will I really have to deal with this person for the next 18 years? Now, granted, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the idea of like being married. Uh, I know if I were to be married, a traditional marriage probably wouldn't work for me just because I'm, I'm, I'm not a traditional chick. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not my mother's child in that regard. Uh, but I'm not opposed to, Hey, if I got like a homie and we're real cool and we're like, you know what, let's go ahead and you know, pop this one out. Let's go ahead and have fun. I don't mind doing that either. There are still very few people who I think I could stand enough to want to raise a child with. Uh, you know, there's also this idea of like, I was raised in a two parent household. That's something that's incredibly important to me. Um, I've toyed with the idea of freezing my eggs. I've toyed with the idea of hitting the sperm bank and just doing it on my own and independent woman. And then I, I look at my friends who are mothers and I mean like who have spouses or partners and some who don't. And I'm like, that ish looks heinous. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thanks. No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because one of the things that probably irks me the most about it, and it's really not even the question per se, because you can just laugh off the question. It's the stereotypes that come with the question. So I've had everything from, oh, well, it's because you can't get a man, you can't keep a man, or maybe your, maybe your, your, your cootie cat is whack. First off, chick, just because you let somebody come up here and shoot the club up all, <laughs> all day does not mean that I need to, um, number one. Number two, if I get pregnant by someone who I do not want to be pregnant by, oh, I'm, I'm a firm believer of deletus the fetus. I'm not carrying someone's child for 10 freaking months. I can't even enjoy my goddamn wine or my edibles because I'm sitting here and I'm allowing, uh, and this is gonna sound really effed up to say, but it's technically true, a parasite to feed off of me and my body and things of that nature and, and make me, give me mom brain and all that other stuff. Hell no, kiss my behind. Um, I've also gotten a lot of uh, crit or criticisms that I'm too focused on my career. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, cause you know what, I'll, I'll do that. The reason why is because quite frankly, I wanna be able to go off and have a hot girl summer and not have to worry about my baby at home. Now, granted, like my best friend, um, she has two kids. Uh, one is 13, the other is 10. And we've had like a lot of dialogue where she's like, you know, like, girl, she's like, my kids is almost out the house. She's like, I got five and eight, five and eight years. <laughs> That's it. And she's like, before I'm 40, like I'm about to be out here just having a good old time. And I said, and that's cute. And that's fun. But you know what? What I was doing in my 20s, I was traveling all over the world. I was hitting up Thailand for 10 days by myself, solo dolo, flew first class. You know why? Because I didn't have to worry about daycare. I didn't have to worry about <laughs> I didn't have to worry about someone's school fees. I didn't have to worry about any of that. Someone's college fund and all that other stuff. I didn't have any of those of those things to, to preoccupy myself with. I'm good. <laughs> what about you, Jaren? What are the stereotypes that you've heard about, you know, women who are childless? Yeah, I think that women face the stereotype that if they don't have a child, then there has to be something wrong with you. And I think that that's 
that's really problematic. And I think that expecting a woman and, and measuring a woman or her womanhood by whether or not she has a child, it strips her of her humanity and her autonomy. Like you Thanks. should be you decide whether you want to be a mom or not be a mom. Uh, but additionally, additionally, society doesn't really make it easy for working moms. I was reading an article in Politico about um, attorneys and how women who want to ascend to the Supreme Court or a high court, um, oftentimes there's like this, there's this, this unwritten rule in, in law where you have to clerk for uh, a judge and probably a few judges before you can have the opportunity to clerk for a Supreme Court justice. And the article essentially was saying that women who wanna have children, it makes it difficult for them to have both career and motherhood because in order to put in that work in that, those years, you, have, you are pretty much well into your 30s before you even can think about having a child. Um, you can try, but then you have to compete with the men who don't have the same, the same constraints. Um, that women, that mothers may have in the workplace. And so it's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if, if you don't. You can you can choose to have a, a, a child and and then you can, but then you also have to decide this might be, this might compromise my career, my professional career. Mm -hmm. And for women in my life, I, especially the, the, the mothers in my life presently, it's really difficult for them to find that balance. And especially if you don't have the support and so I think that people should refrain from even asking the question. I think in, in the 21st century, um, a person doesn't have to be a parent if, if they don't want to. And I think that people should understand that when you're asking a woman that question, it's inherently sexist. Mm. You, are, you are assuming, you're, you're, you're bringing up what has been traditionally expected of women, which is to solely use her body to give life. And a woman is so much more than what she can produce, at least in terms of childbearing. It, it, I don't know. Sometimes I just, I, I feel for my sisters. And when I say this, I'm, I'm also finally including not just black women. This is for all of my sisters uh, who get this question. You know, there are some women who really just don't want children. There are some women who are unable to have them. And when I say that, I mean like, medically unable to have them one or two let's talk about our trans sisters for a second you know what i mean it does not and their inability to traditionally uh have a child does not make them any less um any doesn't make them any less women in my opinion you know doesn't make them any less capable of being mothers it's just they don't have the the all of the equipment to be able to do so. And I mean, and then I think of what about women who in, genu in general, I'm like, what about, you know, uh, cisgendered women who were born with the equipment per se, but for whatever reason, medically, they just can't. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's, it's, it's so hard. You also have to think of how many women there are who do want children and haven't been able to have a successful pregnancy. Stop asking people, oh, when are you going to have kids? You don't know if that woman has suffered from six miscarriages and you've just triggered her to feel something else. Mind your effing business. Stop asking. Case in point, and this is something too, I per clearly I personally haven't had this experience, but I do remember seeing uh, there, 2019, 2018, 2019 was a wave of weddings from like a bunch of my line sisters, right? And I'm talking about like at the wedding reception, people are like, oh, so when are you guys gonna 
go ahead and have a kid. Can they enjoy married life first? Like, mind your business. Or someone, hey, we're celebrating our year anniversary. And so 365 days with my best friend, my partner, my soulmate, blah, 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 love, love, love. And then here's someone in the comments. Oh, well, y'all need to go ahead and have a, a little Mr. Blah, 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 or a little Miss. Mind your business you don't know what people want to do you don't know you have no idea whether or not if that woman has even said i don't want kids let's be real even with the idea of of black motherhood black mothers and their mortality rate to be honest that crap scares the mess out of me so where i'm thinking like okay do i even want first off they the there's an old adage of like for women, the closest that you're ever going to get to death is bearing a child, is, is having a baby. That is the closest that you're ever going to get to death. Now, let's think about this. There are so many things that you can suffer from, hypoxia, all of a sudden here, you're just bleeding out all over the place. Like you never, you never know what can be going on on top of medical bias. So you have doctors who are not even listening to you. Do you know how many mothers there are who weren't even able to hold their kid because doctors and nurses were just, oh, they're... they're I mean, clearly not consciously being like, oh, well, no one cares to give a damn about that black broad, you know, whatever, whatever, but not paying attention to their concerns, not paying attention to what they are feeling. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's, 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 it's a lot. Um, and then I think we also really just have to acknowledge that there are some women, again, who just don't want children, who have no interest in it. Uh, this might be a little, it's, it's on topic, but whatever. Um, I'm a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. One of my favorite characters ever in that series. And she's not with us anymore. And I'm kind of upset about it. Uh, you know, Sandra Oh played the character of Dr. Christina Yang, who was a brilliant, I'm talking about just like one of my favorite quotes. I think it's on my Twitter bio. Like, it's like, don't don't like screw beautiful if you want to appease me compliment my brain like that's how brilliant this woman was and christina yang was adamant that she did not want children she had a spouse who wasn't really for it was trying to convince her to have it and try and like compromise on children you don't compromise on a baby and it's so crazy because I I'm not going to say her name because she might she might cuss me out but there's a, a friend of mine who is very much so in that same headspace um and I remember in our 20s I was like oh she'll probably end up growing out of that you know blah 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 like no she'll she's like she's she'll She's saying that now at like 23, 24, like give it some time, give it when she falls in love with someone, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, since I've known her from the age of, we've known each other since we were 19. And she is adamant that she does not want children. And I didn't know how serious she was about it until I wanna say around 29, 30. Uh, she went to the doctor and basically tried to like have a hysterectomy. She's like, I don't even want the, the possibility of that happening. And her doctor refused to give her the procedure, refused. The doctor's like, nope, 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 because your mind might change and da 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 and whatever else. She had to go to, I think like four or five different doctors to get this done. 
and she's and I and I you know I've said to her too I was like are you are you sure to which she's like Shauna you've known me from 15 years now when have I ever ever said oh yeah I want a baby oh they look so cute da, da, da. and she's like she's like I'm great with kids I love kids she's like and you know what that's why I'm an aunt because I can I can drop those little negroes off and not have to worry about them and she's like and sit there and spend my rich auntie money she's like do you she's like I have no interest zero interest in it she's like the idea of pregnancy it's not she's like it it, it used to terrify her she's like it doesn't even terrify me anymore she's like it just turns me off it everything about it everything about it turns me off she's like no and the one thing that I will say that she has um maybe kind of like tweaked her mind on was if she wanted to experience like the idea of motherhood in general. Now understand motherhood does not have to mean pregnancy. We have seen people like, I mean, hell Gabrielle Union is over here with that baby that who just, who came out looking exactly like her damn daddy. Kavya is everything. Kavya wasn't born from Gabrielle Union's womb, you know what I mean? And that's still her baby. That is still her daughter. It's also worth noting that just children are just expensive, you know? There was a time when people were ha having eight, nine children, and then as the decades went on, women started having less, less children because mm -hmm. the reality is that the cost of housing, education, childcare have, has increased and wages have, have not. And so it, it, for, if you're in the middle class, if you're a lower middle class, if you're in poverty, having a child is, is extremely expensive. And I think that is, that's why it's really important that the Biden administration is trying to, to do things like have the pay family leave and extend uh, tax cuts for families with children, providing healthcare, premium relief and universal preschool um, in the American Families Plan, because they understand that if, if you want to make it easier for families to have have, fam have children if they want to, we have to also address the economic aspect of this because raising a child is not, you know, you can't do that with, with no money. It's, it's very challenging. Listen, are you, are you providing paternity leave for, uh, for my spouse? Are you making sure that I'm going to be good? Are you providing in, in a postpartum doula to make sure that I'm going to be good? Cause that's a requirement for me. <laughs> it's, oh no postpartum doula okay please come watch this stuff please come, let the baby is up i need to sleep <laughs> please come help me <laughs> uh you know and that's i i think it's it's we also kind of have to address i know we kind of touched on it too um like some of the medical reasons uh that women and and well, that women can delay having children or, or it can make it really difficult for them to do so. And again, one of those things of like, this is why you need to mind your business. You know, especially black women, uh, fibroids are a thing, a huge thing within the black community. Like black women are one of the largest populations to suffer from fibroids. And there's also endometriosis like that can make even just your pe periods. Are, I know, Jaren, you don't have this, this experience, but let me tell you, periods suck, okay? They suck. They're many little heart attacks. That's a that's a proven thing. Google it. They're, they're, they are equivalent to heart attacks. Endometriosis makes it even worse. My God. And then you're trying to sit here and, and uh, imagine 
you as a woman, it's dealing with all of that stuff. And then someone turns around to open their mealy mouth to ask you when you're having kids. I'm just trying to make sure that my coochie don't fall off. Leave me alone. Like what? Anywho, what has been your experience with those outside of, I know it's not your, you know, I know you have your mom. And again, it's today is Jaren's mom's birthday. So DCP fam, ooh, it's Jaren's mama and happy birthday. She went and birthed a beautiful human being. Uh, <laughs> but what have been other ways in which you've had women who are not your, your biological mother express motherhood to you? Uh, thank you for that, Shauna. <laughs> happy birthday to my mother. Shout out to all the tourists out there. Um, I have a beautiful mother. I'm so blessed to have had a mother. I know that some people um, don't ha- didn't have a, a traditional mother in their life. Um, I've been blessed to have my mom, my grandmother, um, my godmother has been a, a second mother to me. And I have so many women in my life where I had, uh, I've had mother overload. And I think that that's, I think that's beautiful. I think that it's a, it's a testament to that. It's really about the relationship. It's about having a woman in your life who, who, who guides you, who supports you, who nurtures you. And she doesn't have to be the person who birthed you or even raised you in the house to have that role. I've had, I have a mentor from Morehouse who, you know, I look at her like a mother figure and because she's the one that kind of got me into journalism and she, she saw me before I saw myself. And so my mother, you know, my mother was a, a support system to me, but there are other women in my life who, who, were, who, who provided a different support to me. I've seen very beautiful relationships between a woman and, um, and a child and it not be biological, it's just love. And I think that we need to focus on the love aspect versus the biological aspect. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, again, I've been very, very fortunate and blessed. Like my mom is my best friend. That is, that's the homie. She gets on my damn nerve, but that is, (laughs) that is the homie um, who I would do anything for. And I know she would do anything for me. And I recognize that I am very privileged in the sense of, and and it kind of breaks my heart. There are a lot of, there are a lot of young black women who don't have good relationships with their mothers. Right. Um, And I've been very fortunate to be able to have that. Uh, but I've I've also had such an amazing village um, growing up as a child and even as an adult. So like my godmother, my auntie Jella, she is amazing. You know, she was definitely one of the people who, if Shauna had like a little school recital and my mother and my father were front row center, there was my auntie Jella. You know, my my mom's mom, Granny, uh, God rest her soul. My dad's mom, funny enough. Uh, she didn't like my mother for <laughs> a smooth decade. And my mother was like, well, then you don't have to have anything to do with her. So <laughs> they're besties now. In college, there were so many women, um, you know, shout out to Miss Rosa McQuay, who's, you know, head of financial services center over at Spelman College, who made sure that I was able to go to Spelman College, she, who helped me out. So many, I was, again, so blessed to be able to join a, a sisterhood like Spelman college, a sisterhood like Delta Sigma Theta. When I tell you those two institutions have saved my life, one of my pro fights, shout out to Ivy, one of my pro fights, uh, she hired me as her nanny. It's those experiences that I've had. I've even had um, one of my exes who he shall be called Voldemort. We do not say his name because it will conjure him. Uh, So he who shall not be named, but his mother, Miss Peggy, uh, God rest her soul. Um, you know, a couple, like a few years before she had died, there was again, at one point, I couldn't make rent. 
and that woman <laughs> like tooted from Augusta, Georgia to make sure that I had money so that I could make rent because I was too proud. I was too proud to tell my parents that I was going through that much of a financial hardship. And she, she didn't lecture me. She didn't go to your mama and go to your daddy. She, she didn't do any of that. She's like, I understand. She's like, I'm going to give you this money. She's like, but here's the thing that pride has to go away. You have parents, you have parents that will help you. She's like, and I don't mind helping you, but you need to make sure she's like that, that pride stuff. She's like that pride stuff will have you on a pole or on somebody's crack. Get your, get your ish together. You have another month in this place, figure it out. And it's, it is those examples of just being loved up on, you know, and, and mothered by these women who did not birth me that has made, it's why I'm so adamant about loving up on and supporting black women. It's why it's so important to me that I'm like, I, black women should, should always feel safe with me. I would hope. Uh, all those women that I shouted out, I hope you all hear this episode. Um, for those who can't hear this episode, thank you so very much. I love you all. Uh, but you know, let's, let's, get out of this a little bit because we got a we got a show guest we got a guest jaren that we need to talk to so the bottom line is that it's rude to pry into someone's personal business as to why they don't have children yet and just because there's the outdated and pretty misogynistic and patriarchal idea that all women are meant to bear children it doesn't mean a woman can should or even want to Ebony Stewart is an international touring poet and performance artist. Her work speaks to the Black experience with an emphasis on gender, sexuality, womanhood, and race, with the hopes to be relatable, remove shame, heal minds, and encourage dialogue and inspire folks in marginalized communities. She's also a sexual health activist and has her own thoughts on Black women who are childless, whether by choice or not. Ebony, welcome to Dear Culture. Such a pleasure to have you. First, tell us, what are your thoughts about the pressure that Black women face societally as it relates to having children at a certain age or by a certain age? It's kind of like an inconsiderate and um, insensitive idea that, you know, all Black women want kids or can have them or sometimes we have very complicated relationships with our bodies and, you know, with our own mothers or uh, just with kids as a whole. So it's it's an interesting thing that keeps circulating, I guess, the cycle of it. When we think about stigmas, people, women who choose not to have a child because they just simply, for whatever reason, don't want to have a child, how do we erase that stigma? I don't know if it's really left up to the person who makes the decision on whether they want to have a kid or not for them also to be responsible for how to remove the stigma. Um, I think that, you know, Black women can just do whatever they want to do with their womb or not, right? And that just be how you remove the stigma. You know, you keep asking me and I, I keep showing up without one, right? Um, I've also had a few different things that I've decided to do when people ask me about, you know, oh, Eb, you don't have no kids yet? And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm really sorry that, you know, your kid ruined your body or take all your money. But I don't know if I have the answer on exactly how we can remove the stigma because I don't know if that's even my responsibility because I didn't put it there to begin with. First off, I love I love a classy shade. Okay, I love <laughs> good shade throws itself. I love it. <laughs> um, so I guess for you, what has been your like your own personal experiences with 
like we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, a lot of the stereotypes that I personally have heard has been, you know, well, maybe, maybe your cootie cat is whack. Maybe you can't keep a man. Maybe, you know, da, 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 like, oh, you're so focused on your career and, you know, all of these BS reasons as to why I have not allowed someone to shoot the club up and, you know, plant a baby in me. So <laughs> what have been your personal experiences? First of all, my family definitely says shoot the club up and we, and that's exactly what we mean. So um, I can relate to that. I appreciate that. That feels like home. Um, you know, I, I've had like a few different things. I am, you know, 38. I'll be 39 this year. I remember being in a relationship with a person for like six years and I had finally gotten to the place where I decided I wanted to have a kid. I'm like, okay, let's do it, right? This is also after I had um, fibroids and endometriosis, you know, and I, and I feel like fibroids are also unspoken trauma, right? Um, things that you aren't speaking about, they don't have anywhere to go. And so your body is so intelligent that it creates a reason for it to be there, right? Um, and so unless you're ready to, to undo the healing. So this is, I went through all of that and decided, okay, I'm going to give this man a kid, right? Um, but for what though? Was always the thing that kept coming back to my mind. But for what though? Uh, there is a lot of responsibility put on the woman and I don't want to have a kid just for the sake of having a kid to say I have a kid and be a part of this club that it seems like a lot of women are really miserable in, you know what I mean? Like, I want to do it because I really want to do it, but also I'm smart enough to know that um, the responsibility of a parent mm -hmm. to have a child, right, to physically have a child is that if you're a good parent, you got to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. If you're a good parent. You got to keep them alive and forever, like for the whole time they're supposed to be alive. And yo, like if I, if I'm gonna keep it a band with y'all, like I get really, um, I get bored really quick. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's conducive to like bringing people into the world. I don't know if that's how that works. Ugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that kids are great. Kids usually like me. I don't always like them. What do you do about that? What if you don't like your kid? Ebony, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let, let's pull over and park there for a second because I have had this exact same thought process because in my mind, I said, listen, I love babies. I'm good with babies. Like they, they can't speak nothing, they, but they can show you stuff. They're so cute, whatever. I love babies. Soon as they start yip, yip, yapping and telling me no and all this stuff and doing stuff and they, I know, I know you know better. <laughs> I know you know better. And now I got to sit here and be like, can I send a child off to like boarding school from like five to 18? Come back to me <laughs> when you're 18 exactly. so that we can talk. Um, I think though, too, it's also one thing that I've, I've, I've brought up to certain family members who uh, I've had to get uh, respectfully shady with um, has been, you know, for me, <clears throat> I didn't want to have a child until I, I went to therapy to figure out how to unlearn certain things. Again, uh -huh. love my mama. My mama is amazing. She's wonderful. She's she's everything. She's 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 my sun, moon, and stars. However, mothers, parents in general, they screw you up. That's kind of their job. It's kind of a part of the job description, right? And so the whole point in my mind of parenthood is what can you do as a parent 
for yourself in, in terms of unlearning some of the effed up things that your parents did. So there, like, there's some amazing lessons that you want to take from them, but there's also some stuff that you're like, you know what, that's something I don't need. Like for me, <clears throat> being a girl and only girl child um, with Caribbean parents, I had to unlearn a lot of things about like sex and that there's no shame <laughs> attached to sex. Um, I had to learn, my mother's amazing. She's, like I said, she's amazing, she's wonderful. But my mother also had a really terrible habit of like going cold when I disappointed her. You know, affection was done and dead when I disappointed her. Even now, she kind of still kind of does it. Like she's just ugh, like, st just stoic. And I realized I do the same thing. Um, what is your advice to those of us who are just like, just trying not to screw up somebody else. <laughs> that is a hefty task. Can I say? <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll say this though, what you're speaking of in, in generational curses or uh, a generational culture of learning how to love or not love or to show love, give love, right? Um, that happens in our, our attachment years, right? And so like when we're really young, we learn a lot of stuff because of been in school. <laughs> okay, let me just put that out there. Okay. Uh, but that's a part of our attachment issues. And so when we're thinking about, you know, uh, not messing up our kids or not messing up someone else, we fail to realize that, yeah, what you're saying is really important that, that going to therapy and unlearning some things or learning new ways to do things or what's healthy or what's unhealthy is, is, you know what I mean? Like it's huge. It's, it's paramount for us to be able to do that and talk about that. And so I always encourage people to go to therapy, um, just not for necessarily always someone else, but before yourself and for you to be able to learn and understand more about what you've been given through society or an environment that you've been, you know, very, um, I don't know, bombarded by sometimes. So yeah, I think always, you know, therapy is the way. But here's the thing about therapy. A lot of people will know what's going on with them, or they'll be able to get the information, but they don't want to change it because they're comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think like even just how you can say like how you want to communicate with your mom whenever she go cold on you. And don't get me wrong, I am a mom person. You know how some people be dog people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a mom person. Like my mom is everything. So I get it. But there are certain things that I've realized about my mom that I know now as, as an adult black woman, I got to call her out on it because she don't know no better, you see. And so now that I know better, the way that I can teach or, you know, kind of reconstruct what that relationship looks like for us or what's acceptable, right? And a new agreement that we're making in this new agreement, I got to call you out. I got to be like, oh, hey, mom, that makes me feel this way, right? Um, and because I feel like your mama probably like my mama, she'll apologize in that mama way. That's not <laughs> yeah. really an apology, but I, I see you okay, you cute, whatever I recognize. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but also you are right. You know yeah. what I mean? And so um, I think that just the way that we take care of each other is essential. You know what I mean? It's really essential to how we come into this whole motherhood idea. And, and to your point, we have to have uh, those uncomfortable conversations in order to get to a comfortable place. And so uh, we really thank you for your brilliant insight. Thank you so much, Ebony. And for our listeners, if you want to keep up with Ebony, you can go to her website at ebpoetry.com. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate you.
We want to remind our listeners to support your local Black businesses and donate to your local organizations and religious institutions. The business that we will highlight this week is Naked Chemistry. Founded by Rachel Ziegler in 2020, Naked Chemistry is a genderless and all-natural skincare line dedicated to preventing the pain of ingrown hairs. Their products feature vegan, non-cruelty ingredients in order to offer you the cleanest and freshest experience. As a graduate of Avita with a license in cosmetology, Rachel has broad experience in the beauty industry, ranging from hair care, skin care, and hair removal. She created Naked Chemistry after working in the hair removal field and noticed the lack of skincare products dedicated to preventing and alleviating ingrown hairs. Visit their website at shopnakedchemistry.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, naked, N-A-K-E-D, chemistry, C-H-E-M-I-S-T-R-Y.com. Thank you for listening to Dear Culture. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. And please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments. We love those to podcasts at thegrio.com. The Dear Culture podcast is brought to you by The Grio and executive produced by Blue Salusma and co-produced by Taji Senior, Brenda Alexander, and Antonio Thompson. See you next week. <laughs>